<coughs> Welcome everyone, this is uh, Jim Barton and I'm here with Reverend Abigail Conley And this is another episode of Bloody Mary Bible Brunch So um, we're going to talk today about um, some current events And um, um, we're going to talk about sort of a positive development um, in the gun control debate In the gun safety debate And um, But to start off by putting it in some context um, I'm going to let uh, Abby tell us a story about when um, she was a kid in uh, eastern Kentucky. So, um, I actually did not have first-hand experience of a school shooting, but I was in an elementary school that was on the edge of one district and the edge of another district. And so, in January of 1993, there was a school shooting at um, the high school in the next town over. A 17-year-old brought a gun to school, killed his teacher and a janitor, and my school had what would now be called a lockdown. They kept us in classes. As the buses pulled up to take us home, they didn't let the buses leave. They kept us there, waiting to see what had happened. And as time goes on, um, I graduated high school in 2002, so that's been plenty long ago now. Kids now are used to lockdown drills, along with fire drills, along with tornado drills, all of those sorts of things. And that's true in most school districts in America at this point because it became more and more commonplace. Um, Columbine is the first large-scale shooting that I remember, as well as one in Paducah, Kentucky. And Columbine, Columbine happened in 1999, which, you know, I mean, you know, that was you know, 18, 19 years ago. Um, and I think um, I think it is important for us to point out that there's something of a racist component to this too, because um, some folks will tell you that if you're talking about inner city schools, they've been seeing school shootings for a long, long time, and that um, we didn't. Um, it, there's some sense that it feels like we're getting more upset um, if it's the white kids being shot. Right. And um, you know, I think we have to own that. And we have to look at that as a part of it. Okay, but that's the bummer news. Um, we now are seeing some signs um, that people aren't going to let it go. And most dramatically has been these um, student walkouts. And so it's been really kind of moving to see, you know, these you know, high school kids walking out of school and say, I'm tired of being in an environment that is unsafe. Um, I know there's going to be some marches on March 24th. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, that's the interesting thing about how we as a church should participate in that or should we participate in that, how we participate in it. Um, I think what's also interesting is we've seen some of these schools um, that are offended by the idea of the student activism um, threatening to, like, you know, suspend them or to ding their records. And we have, we've seen, uh, I happen to have a lot of friends who go to Indiana University. I know they put something out that said, hey, if you have something on your record um, from this, it's not, you know, it's not going to hurt your applications. So I think that's a positive, I think it's a real positive. It is. And um, I actually, you know, on some of the other things, talking with other clergy, and it's not just high school students. There's, as people talk about national walkout days and we're going to keep kids out of school, they're saying, no, I'm pulling my elementary school age kids out of school. This isn't acceptable for them either. And even parents are becoming part of those choices, it's not just kids. Um, in the same way that the kids that are in Florida doing some very good organizing, some very good um, public relations things, 
I saw the story of them. They're, they're in somebody's living room, and it's like, right. So there's a parent who says, yes, come run this out of my living room. Right. Let me buy the pizza. Let me do this. But had these, you know, dozen or so kids in the living room at their house. And it's like, yeah, they're running us out of their parents' living room. These aren't adults. And I love the idea that the um, parents are being supportive but are allowing the students to do their work, to do the work. Because they are connected, they do know how to use social media in a way that is the parents don't necessarily know what to do, and they know how to authentically communicate. Mm-hmm. It's also worth noting it's not the first um, rodeo as far as activism goes for some of the students. I know that um, the one uh, young woman, I think her, Emma, I think she started, uh, she's a president of her Gay Straight Alliance at her school, and she's been engaged. And, and that's kind of neat to see this young uh, young people who are learning how to engage in the context are now looking to see if they can have a voice. And I think I think it is worth noting that just this particular shooting at Parkland, these particular kids, you know, they've grown up in the world post-school shootings. They've grown up with the drills their whole life. They go to a high school that had done all the right things. Everything that we're talking about with security guards, with single point of entry, with a moat almost around mm-hmm. the back. Mm-hmm. All of those things had been done, and it still happened to them. And I think it is worth noting that they're saying, yeah, all of these things that you're doing to protect us aren't working because you're not dealing with the actual problem of guns. Right, right. And, um, um, I'm sorry, I lost my, my train of thought there. I, I suppose the other thing to, to um, talk about is the president's reaction. Um, which is um, never uh, doesn't quite have the laser beam focus that you would maybe want out of a commander in chief or a chief executive. But um, um, President Trump has said that he wants us to consider enhanced background checks. He wants us to consider um, bans on um, bump stocks and um, and to really think about ways to address the problem of the high capacity firearms that can be in the hands of basically anyone. Um, his own party is a little perplexed by that. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we'll see. Maybe we will see change. Um, and um, oh, I know what I was going to say. You know, we were talking about the environment of it, and I was listening to our first episode when we were just this year, and we just were talking about things that were happening. And I noticed that you mentioned school shootings in one of them, and it, of course, it wasn't that. It was well before the Parkland shooting, but it's just become this like drumbeat of these events that we just keep hearing over and over again. And I think some of that probably is because we're now peaked to hear it. Um, there was a, I heard a story about um, a student who shot his parents in the dorm room or something in, uh, I want to say Michigan, but, you know, okay, well maybe that, that story of a single murder doesn't get on NPR as broadcast in, in Phoenix otherwise. So I think there's probably some enhanced awareness of it, but it does seem like we have it doesn't seem like it is true that we have seen a dramatic increase. Um, so what, is the, what does this have to do with religion or Christianity or the Bible? So the text that I often go through when we talk about nonviolent resistance, which is what we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, and I think it is helpful to frame it in that because there is a long legacy of Christian nonviolent resistance. William Barber is doing some around poverty now. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about when we talk about Martin Luther King. That was Christian nonviolence resistance. And if you take that holiday, you need to realize that you are honoring that tradition. Yeah. 
and for all of that, that is Ephesians 6 for me. And this is not a text that progressive Christians would ever choose to read for the most part because it talks about armor. It's put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against Satan. And so, you know. And there's all the stuff we don't like. It's got a little bit of a war imagery. We don't like that. It's got a reference to Satan. It makes us nervous. You're talking about Satan. It's got all the stuff to creep out progressive Christians. Right. And it also is you put on all of that armor not so that you can fight but so that you can stand and so that you can stand firm against the forces of evil and prevail over them because that's the legacy of Christian nonviolence. It is not that we will do this by forming an army, by raiding your city. If you want to talk about when we did that, it was the Crusades and it was terrible. Right. And everyone who can talk about that has to say that was terrible, that we just murdered as Christians many people. Yeah. The, the put on these this armor is so that you can stand firm and that if enough people stand firm against that, it can't happen. And what if the students who are walking out are not Christian? Or it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I think that is one of those very weird kind of places where my fundamentalism comes out. It's like, you can participate in the reign of God even if you don't mm-hmm. acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of atheists, there are plenty of humanists, there are plenty of Hindus and Muslims and everyone participating in the reign of God. Right. Um, with the work that they choose to do and with the work that they choose to stand against. Right. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to, you talk about Ephesians 6, there's a, a novel by, or a book, a little short book by Watchman Nee called Sit, Walk, Stand. And that's exactly where he can, that's where he gets to. He talks about, first you have to accept the grace, you sit and then accept the grace that is gone. Walk, you have to do, you have to live like as Christ teaches you to live. And then you stand, you stand against evil. And I think it's a, yeah, I think that's right. And, and it doesn't mean, you're right, it doesn't mean be combative. It doesn't, it's not honor Christian soldiers. It's, right. It's, it's stand against evil. So, And of course for you, the relevant book is. The Stand. Is The Stand by, by, Stephen, by King. Stephen King. The because great American theologian. Eight. He is, I'm telling you, it is, he is one of the most theologically engaging authors out there. All right. Well, I think that's good. Um, We're with the people that are walking out. Maybe we'll literally march on March 24th. We'll see. Um, And read your theologians, Watchman Nee and Stephen King. All right, until next time. Cheers. Cheers.